Buena Vista, episode 161. I am Ben, and I am here in Frank Frazetta's imagination. Amidst swirling clouds and enormous mountains stands a mighty barbarian, rippling with highly detailed musculature and wielding a two-handed sword as long as the wingspan of an albatross. It's Theo. Hey, hey Theo. How are you going? Yeah, I'm pretty good. That looks that's pretty cool. What do you got yeah. going on there? Yeah, I'm I'm ready to rumble. Yep. Big muscles, big yep. sword. Can't lose. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been saying this. Uh, beneath Theo, festooned with the skulls and crowns of conquered kings and drenched in the blood of its victims, is a mighty war pig. It's Lucy. Oh, what a dream. That's <laughs> exactly how I picture my life. Oh, to be a mighty war pig. <laughs> <laughs> Gazing at that barbarian, with lovelorn eyes, is a mostly nude broad, with a magical staff, a serpent familiar, and an enormous ass. It's Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Hello, Theo. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need a queen for your kingdom? Uh, does it come with a dump truck ass? <laughs> Absolutely. Strangely muscular dump truck ass. He's got 20 square centimetres of chainmail and a badonkadonk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm here to serve you. I'm, it's, it's been me squirting baby oil at Theo's muscles for the last 20 minutes <laughs> like, before hey, we started. Hey, hey, stop it. <laughs> you need, no, I missed, I missed a little, just, a, just the elbow. I missed the elbow. I've got uh, four Frank Frazetta prints in this room that I'm in right now, which is maybe that's why I chose wow. this the intro. Just looked uh, around the room and found the closest thing possible. I looked at the thing that's directly across from me. I would, like, also, to note, I would uh, like to note that you are only specified in this room. Oh, yeah. There, there could be more many more. Many more throughout the house, yes. Uh, I, when I last took acid in this room, I spent nearly the entire time just staring at those pictures, <laughs> and it was fucking wonderful. Now, every time I look at them, I've always got that little bit of the back of my brain that's just like, no, they're not moving. Are they moving? No. No, they're not. And that's why you shouldn't do drugs, kids. They're bad mm, for you. That's right. Yeah. That's how I feel, except about check shirts. Because <laughs> now I... <laughs> Something. <laughs> Don't do checked shirts. They're bad for you. No, something happened at some point, and now when I look at a checked shirt, it just shimmers the whole time, and I go, ow, and then I have to look at something else. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh. You encounter a lot of checked shirts on a day-to-day basis yeah, in life. Mm. It's a It's a particular one that I have, actually, so I stopped wearing it. Talking like uh, sort of a plaid or a gingham type deal? What are we... Prob- probably closer to gingham than plaid, like when it's when it's quite a tight pattern mm-hmm. My, mm-hmm. my brain goes oh let's not go back there oh no <laughs> the bad place mm. bad gingham place yeah <laughs> what a great superhero weakness to have can't look at one type of shirt <laughs> accidentally broke one extremely specific part of my brain yeah your brain Plat just dropped fun. one of the textures of the universe now you're fucked <laughs> yeah i was having too good a time when looking at that one time and now my brain is like we cannot go back I've got that with, so that the picture's in this room and there's like these weird sort of flourishy scroll work wooden vents above all the doors in this house that I also had a very hard time with when I was looking at them. And every now and then I'd see them at the corner of my eye and be like, oh, I know what you're up to. (laughs) Trying to get in here. That's the wonderful thing about drugs. They all come from nature. 100% of them. That's right. They do. That's, That's true. That's completely true. Timothy Leary was walking in a field when he found acid yes. growing on a tree. Yeah, uh, yep. Was remember? He, oh, he, remember. 
he was cooking and he found some acid in a field and sprinkled it onto his food, thinking it was just another regular tasty bit of nature. It turned out to be something different altogether. But that's why we love nature. Country roads take me home to the That's right, baby. It's Nature Corner. It's where we take a little trip around the world and we say, hey, what's that over there? That seems interesting. Let me describe it to my friends on the radio, the radio of the internet. Is this you trying to like explain what you do to a grandparent? God, no, I don't try to explain what I do to anybody. It's great no, when people ask what this podcast is about, and it's no. like I don't, I don't no, know. We can, yeah, we uh, <laughs> oh, fucking no crabs, crabs, <laughs> crabs um, uh, dear friend of the show, Liz Duck Chung did comment the other day. I remember when this was a political podcast. <laughs> I don't. Remember that? Talking about MPs and some oh. such? Oh. Uh-huh. No, thank you. Not interested. Not interested. Was, We're done with that. I was talking to my mother about this the other day, and I said, you know what I don't want to spend, like, two hours of my week doing every week? Saying, that Scott Morrison sure is a dickhead. He I is. think we've covered that yeah. just yeah. solidly record. for years. Pretty exhaustive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what, what more I really have to say about that particular topic. <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe if Australian politics gets remarkably more interesting any time in the near future, uh, we'll revisit that. If another politician does a very bad shaka, we will be right here to talk Fuck about that yes. and nothing else. Yeah. Yes. Or if people keep writing articles about um, defending politicians and how much we love them and love to kiss them. True. But instead, we're going to bring you stories like this one from The Guardian, <clears throat> entitled, You Swine! German nudist chases wild boar that stole laptop. It's not often you see an exclamation mark in a headline. Hmm. You swine. You, you swine. swine. My favorite part of this is that the picture accompanying the article basically explains everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the goal. contents of the bag that's revealed in the article and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, it's... um. Like I said, Lucy, if you've seen the pictures, you kind of don't need the article. But you know luckily, exactly we are, what happened. <laughs> we are in an audio format here, so... <laughs> A picture says a thousand words. Here's a thousand words. <laughs> so what I what I didn't know about this story, having seen the pictures, was that um the boar has his bag with his laptop in it, <laughs> which I I will say necessitates more of a chase than say I originally thought that like um the pig had just taken like his shorts. Yeah. <laughs> like oh no, my clothes. <laughs> Which is which is funnier to me, a naked guy running after a pig and its little baby pigs mm-hmm. that have taken his pants and run away with them. That's very good to me. I love the idea of that man getting on a bus, having given up, and then being like, hey, what happened to your pants? Pig took it. Well, okay. Oh. <laughs> it's very, uh, there are some very German aspects to this story. Uh, mainly that it took place in Germany. Yep, that's the big one Yep, A nudist bather who chased a wild boar near a Berlin lake after it stole his laptop Was applauded by onlookers after a successful pursuit That's the lead of the story It's the applause It's not that he had the thing stolen 
Yeah, good it's on you, buddy. Reaction. You got the best of that pig. Good job. Very well done. Well, those those pigs. To did, be fair. And those did pigs. they go around and check like whether people were clapping for the man or for the pig? <laughs> mm. <laughs> you kept him away from him for five minutes. Very good. <laughs> what a competent pig. <laughs> That's the sort of thing Germans love, I assume. <laughs> Competent pigs. <laughs> oh, the photographer who captured the drama said the unidentified nudist was happy for her to share the images. Of course he was. Um, you know, that's that's called, like, just staying true to your roots, you know? You can't be out there, down by the lake in Berlin, stark naked, nudist time, living in free body culture, which we'll get into in a second. <laughs> Uh, and then when somebody says, hey, can I show the world your bare ass uh, to be like, whoa, all of whoa. a sudden I'm shy. Picture, absolutely not. Not happening. That's right. Man of his word. Uh, the picture showed him in bare-bottomed pursuit of the boar and her two piglets while fellow bathers looked on in amusement. And I think that's fair. Everybody in the background is just smiling really and watching. Really enjoying this. themselves. <laughs> They're just <laughs> fucking vibing. Every single person. No one is like alarmed. Everyone's just like, oh, look over there. <laughs> Oh, what did you do? God, I would love to see this. What a day that would be. No one, no one's trying to help with the thing, which is fine. You don't, you don't a need bunch to get of people involved. standing around like with their hands on their hips, being like, "Well, I'm gonna let this run its course." <laughs> Let's see where this goes. You know, nature strikes back. Wrote Adele Landauer, a personal coach on Facebook. I showed the man the photos. He laughed heartily and gave me permission to make them public. <laughs> He does look like someone who would do a hearty laugh. It's not a regular <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yes, shows them to the world. That would be satisfactory. <laughs> so the man was sunbathing naked at the Tuflsee in West Berlin, a popular and perfectly legal practice. <laughs> perfectly legal it is sounds perfectly so legal. defensive. It's perfectly legal. It's like barefoot. It is perfectly legal. It is legal. Barebottom is not a crime. Oh, that's perfectly. so true. When you preface the word legal with perfectly, you know you're like it's something that's a little bit indefensible. I'm picturing someone like with their hands up going like, whoa, it's perfectly legal, okay? Hey, hey, hey. It's perfectly legal here in Germany. Uh, it's perfectly legal practice in the German capital as part of what is known as FKK or... <laughs> Freikorperkultur. Free, free body culture. Now, I I tried to find like um, a pronunciation guide for this phrase on the internet. Being being German, where they go, what if we were to simply mash a sentence's worth of words together into one big silly word? I like it. Just need one word for it. It's great. I do like it, but unfortunately, what I found as a result was uh, this video from YouTube account The Turk Automaton. Mm-hmm. 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 How to pronounce this in German? And I gotta say, this left me with more questions than answers, really. Uh-huh. So here we go. Freikörperkultur. Excuse me. Freikörperkultur. Is that man recording this from like beneath his doodah? A basement. <laughs> Oh, I don't like it. I'm scared. <laughs> I don't like it either. It's like I all up scared. on the microphone. You know the bit in the sixth sense where he's listening to that recording and he can hear like the voice in the static? Mm, uh-huh. That's what that sounds like. That's what it's saying as well. And he starts saying it fast. Oh. 
Freikörperkultur. Oh, this is haunting. <laughs> yeah, so basically you just gotta, you gotta, if somebody is asking you about this story, you have to put both of your lips right up the ear canal <laughs> and whisper in a very breathy way. It's how you speak German. It's very aggressive language. Freikörperkultur. <laughs> That's right up on that mic. Yeah, it's the only way you can say it. No? Apparently this refers to free body culture. Freikörperkultur. It's nice. Uh, yeah, just letting it all hang out, you know. I noticed that nobody else down by the lake is naked, but they're also not bothered by him, so that's oh, pretty are, cool. There are naked people in the images. Uh, oh, okay. In the head, the headline image of that article, there is a nude old man uh, with a... He could uh, be wearing Speedos. I know? think he's full nude. I feel like you can see Gooch. Okay. Take your I'm word for sure. it. He appears to be having the best time of everyone there. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. There's a man... Two people to his right who is doing like a big open mouth smile. He is as <laughs> delighted as a child getting Christmas presents. Very good. The wild boar, sightings of which have become increasingly common, had apparently spotted a pizza being eaten by other bathers. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it seized a yellow bag containing the man's laptop, probably believing it to contain food. I don't think you can make assumptions about animal motivations. <laughs> Pigs are very smart. Maybe he knew exactly what he was doing. <laughs> he wanted a fucking new laptop. <laughs> Did anyone ask the pig what it thought was in the bag? Oh, she yeah, probably. Mr. Pig. There was piglets, right? It's probably probably a lady pig. Oh, probably a Miss Piggy. Oh, wow. Just trying to... So you men know. can't be fathers. Maybe not in wild boar society. I don't know. <laughs> um, it was chased by the man into the undergrowth. Uh, quote, because the bag contained his laptop, he gave it his all, even though he was in his birthday suit, explained Landauer. <laughs> The boar's flight was slowed by a cardboard box in its path. Oh. The man clapped his hands and hit the ground with a stick, prompting the boar to drop the laptop. Another witness said, when he returned from the forest, everyone applauded him. Something about uh, when he returned from the forest is so great. <laughs> he went on a mythical adventure into the forest. Just ran in there naked, came back out with his laptop. Everyone's like the cheering. first step of the hero's journey, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> World's most German cryptid. <laughs> oh, man. Nude man with laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, I like this. Um, Derek Ellert, Berlin's ombudsman for wild animals. <laughs> what a me? job. Ombudsman for wild animals. This if is who the animals complain to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, of course. He's the ombudsman that represents wild animals, not for yeah, yeah. human issues. Yelling at the pig and you're like, I'm taking this to fucking ombudsman. <laughs> yeah, it's like a yeah, a consumer, consumer goods ombudsman or whatever, you know. If you're a pig and somebody has chased you, snatched a laptop that was rightfully yours. Uh, possession being nine-tenths of the law. Um... He told media that such incidents had become increasingly common and that foxes had also become regular visitors to Berlin's lakeside resorts. We urge people not to panic in such a case, he said. We have so far had no injuries. The animals are quite used to humans. <laughs> I agree. Oh. I agree. That's beautiful. That I... is nature. So if you look at the, the two images that I've put in the document there... Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. <laughs> the one that is a classic uh, Western art left to right scene telling a story, <laughs> oh, such as you would find on a cave relief. It's like perhaps. a painting. It's really yeah. lovely. It's very Boschian. It tells a story as well because, you know, we're a, a left to right reading culture. So that's the way our eye scan. So you have the man established 
You have the piglets, and then you have the pig, and then the laptop, and then the people laughing at him. It's very it linear. It is a large bore, too. Yeah. But then the next photo is taken exactly orthogonal to the previous image, like they have fixed video game <laughs> viewpoints. You can either have the side-scroll version uh-huh. or the uh, third-person over-the-shoulder view, where it <laughs> reveals that the man has perfect Hag Hill ass. <laughs> the tiniest little bottom on a That man has no man. bottom. It's so small. He's does all tough. Does anyone else think that he looks a lot like um, Slavoj Zizek? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> that was the first thing I thought when I saw this this naked man. Oh, oh dear. Beautiful. Everyone is truly enjoying themselves in the background there, too. They're all yeah. such really a great joyous. time, right? Big smiles, all laughing, literally no one helping. Oh, no, <laughs> I, fo- I finally worked out what the top picture reminds me of. It's... Uh, that Simpsons scene, uh, don't make me run, I'm full of chocolate. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. Very much. That's beautiful stuff. Uh, that is Nature Corner, where, of course, we talk about nature. Uh, Ben's inserted a different segment here entitled Plague Corner. That sounds almost as fun. <laughs> yeah, weirdly, we don't have like a jaunty little well, theme minor for key. Plague Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot going on in the news at the moment. Uh, you'd you'd probably bloody look at current events and you'd say, that's enough current events. We don't really need any more. We've kind of got the world covered with this whole COVID-19 thing. Uh, there's still, climate change is still happening, the rest of that. Uh, I don't really want another thing. Well, too fucking bad. There is another thing. Cool. This, this is a story from uh, the ABC, the Australian one, the original, the OG. Uh, septicemic plague kills U.S. man in his twenties after Chinese man dies of bubonic plague. Now, that's a fun sequence. Mm. Mm. It's just what we need right now. I oh, love wait. to read it. I'm not particularly accustomed to seeing the word plague pop up in a headline, let alone two plagues in the space of one. Yep, that's too many. Uh, so oh, this is obviously this is tragic. This is a, a very young man. Dying of an illness. Uh, a, a man in his 20s has died of septicemic plague in the US state of New Mexico. It comes just 24 hours after Chinese authorities reported that a man had died from bubonic plague in Inner Mongolia. The New Mexico Department of Health said the septicemic plague victim's health had worsened after he was hospitalized. It was the second plague case in less than a month in the southwestern state. Oh, God. Two plague cases, New Mexico. Two plague cases in New Mexico. Okay, sure. The New Mexico Department of Health ordered an environmental investigation of his home to assess any ongoing risk to family members and neighbours. The bubonic plague victim in Inner Mongolia died from multiple organ failure. It was the second death of a plague patient reported this month in the Chinese region. 35 contacts of the man have been sent into quarantine. Sharing some symptoms with bubonic plague, septicemic plague is a bacterial disease that can be transmitted by direct contact with animals or through infected fleas. Animals carrying the disease can include rodents, wildlife, and pets. There was a risk when household pets returned home after being allowed to roam and hunt outside, the New Mexico Department of Health said. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, septicemic plague can be treated promptly with antibiotics. Symptoms include the sudden onset of fever, chills, headache, and weakness. In most cases, there is also a painful swelling of the lymph node in the groin, armpit, or neck areas. Hmm. So look forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Plague activity in New Mexico is usually highest during the summer I'm sorry. months. 
This is news to me. Plague uh, activity, plague in, New activity in New Mexico usually, usually highest during the summer months. So that kind of implies that there's enough plague activity in New Mexico that you can kind of chart it. Yeah, you can distinguish between normal seasonal plague activity and aberrant plague activity. Yeah. But the underlying theme is there is constant plague activity. There's an acceptable level of plague activity in New Mexico, and this is slightly higher. Periodic recurring plague activity in New Mexico. Okay. Uh, so it is especially important now to take precautions to avoid rodents and their fleas, which can expose you to plague. Uh, New Mexico. Department now you tell Secretary, me. Kathy Kunkel said. Now you tell me. I was just hanging uh, out with all these rats every day. <laughs> <laughs> now you tell me it's bad for me. <laughs> hey, did we, uh, I was trying to keep the fleas on me. <laughs> I fucked up. Did we all? Did we all see the thing about the first dog that tested positive for COVID nineteen in the US has died now of, oh, of no, coronavirus? I don't like that. God damn. Yeah, so that's... It's all good news, all 2020, baby. Woo! You know, like, uh, fucking news stories generally try and round out the story, right? What's that? The inverse period structure. You start specific, you go general, and at the bottom, there's something that generally places it in, like, a larger context, right? Mm -hmm. The final sentence for this article is, The bubonic plague was known as the Black Death in the Middle Ages, causing the deaths of more than 75 million people and peaking in Europe between 1347 and (laughs) That's when you might have heard of the bubonic plague. (laughs) Fun little tidbit to end out the article. It's right on the tip of my tongue. Did you... There was a thing like last year, I think, where there was an academic paper published that finally sort of... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It found that rats weren't the major cause of the bubonic plague. It was fleas that were carried by the rats. So it exonerated the rats. Looks like like we owe an apology to the good rats of the bubonic plague era. Sorry, rats. Sorry, rats. Sats. What? Sorry, that was just for Theo. Uh, uh, And I'm not going to explain it. Thanks, Ben. Hey, anytime, buddy. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So, uh, you know, that's... That's cool. That's it's cool, cool I guess. and good, we're yeah. All, I feel like good about that. you can probably give zero brain space to this one. And I mean, I made this decision about COVID-19 before it took off where I was like, nope, this is the one part of the news where I don't think it's going away anywhere and I'm just going to ignore it. Uh, and mean, I was definitely wrong about that one. I could be wrong, but isn't the thing with the plague is that it's always out there, but we can just treat it now? Am I, I correct? So. I think yep. that's it, right? I mean, yeah, they did say just Not antibiotics, to worry. right? Don't worry about the plague. That guy did die. But anyway, don't even think about the plague. Don't even worry about the plague. Sorry for bringing this information to your day. (laughs) Why did we do that? I'm not sure. (laughs) It's just one guy. How many more people could die? Four guys. (laughs) Out of the 35 that are under investigation. Oh, no. Let's not. Let's stay away from that and get into something much more sensible. That's right. I'm talking about what friend of the show, Jim, Jim's mowing, Penman has been up to. (laughs) <clears throat> now, uh, we have spoken at length about Jim on a previous episode entitled Jim's Wet Dome, uh, which is available both on the public feed and the uh, bonus episodes. It was originally a bonus episode. We also hit a goal recently on Patreon where we said, hey, if we get to this goal, we will get ourselves a copy of Jim's Crazed Race Science book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which um which had been taking a while to do because all of the uh, pandemic restrictions and stuff have affected like 
opening hours for libraries where they actually store some of these haunted tomes. Yeah, and it's um, always the race science section that's first to fold. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so basically we have instead obtained, uh, some digital copies of biohistory, which is the slightly updated in an attempt to obscure some of the more overt race science version of the book. And having given it a skim, let me tell you, it doesn't try very hard. <laughs> so instead of saying that, uh, Jews have a high level of restraint, they have a high level of the letter C. Yes. Uh, cool. <laughs> See for cool. Yep. <laughs> Don't worry, he's already discussing the barbarian traits of specific societies oh, God. Uh, and how civilizations fall when they become complacent and their populations are replaced by less civilized Oh no. Ones. Oh no. So it turns and, so out So it's like that... a like a big replacement. What's another word for like mm-hmm. very big? Mm. Gr- yeah. No, I can't think of anything. Uh, so, we are going to dig into that in great detail and then bring you um, one or possibly more episodes dissecting the inner workings of the mind of the very rich and influential Jim Penman, who owns uh, all of the Jim's franchises around Australia, so that you, like us, can be completely haunted every time you see a trailer <laughs> with Jim's smiling face on the side of it going past. So sinister. And you can know that that man has a severe case of brain poisoning uh, and would like to trial his, I guess, brain-improving drug on you. So, check that episode out and look forward to those other ones coming up. But we do have an update on what he's been up to during the pandemic. This is from the New Daily. Victoria Police have warned that they will crack down hard on Jim's mowing. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. This is what every Australian news story sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) Victoria Police have warned that they will crack down hard on Jim's mowing after its founder offered to pay any fines attracted by his franchisees caught breaching Melbourne's stage 4 COVID restrictions. (gasps) It remains... (laughs) 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 Naughty, naughty Jim. That is very naughty. (laughs) Bad Jim. Pull your head in, Jim, honestly. It's not on. It's fucking not on. Uh, it remains business as usual for the lawn mowing and gardening service, despite Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews previously saying, quote, there will be no cleaners, there will be no mowing your lawns Freedom. under the strict shutdown that runs until mid-September. Dictator Dan coming in hard on Jim. In fact, Jim's mowing founder Jim Penman said business demand was so high that the business was signing up double the number of franchisees as it did this time in 2019. Quote, we've got so much work and people need jobs, he said. It's been a terrible crisis for the country and I really feel for the people who have been hurt. But for Jim's group, it's been absolutely amazing. Oh, God. So who's to say whether Very. it's bad or not? Imagine saying a sentence Jim. like that out loud and not being like, mm, I sound like a real piece of shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've walked like, that um, one back. Who was... Oh, can anybody remember... Um, was it? No. It wasn't. It wasn't Dick Smith. It was fucking Harvey Norman. It was fucking Harvey, Harvey Norman. Norman. Oh, that's Jerry right. Harvey. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, look, you know, sure, some people are dying, but holy fuck, are we selling furniture like hotcakes?" <laughs> it was like everybody wants to buy a big deep freeze for stockpiling, so it's actually pretty good when you think about it. Everybody was like, "Gee, Harvey, it sounds like you're saying." That the deaths of a lot of people don't really matter that much because your business is profiting at an all-time high? And he was like, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) 
the thing that I said, word for word, that's not... Didn't don't, mean it that way. Yeah, don't take me out of context like that. You have to put it into context. And people are like, here's the context. He's like, no, 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 no. Not that context. Not like that. Please put it in the context where I don't sound bad. You know? So... Victoria Police Commissioner Shane Patton said it was disappointing to hear someone say that they're going to deliberately flaunt the directions. Uh, We'll deal with every incident on a case-by-case basis when we become alerted to it through the police assistance line, he told ABC News Breakfast, the old narc hotline. The snitch phone. Hmm. (laughs) Quote, we get lots of reports of breaches in terms of mass gatherings, personal breaches, but if that was to occur, we will take the enforcement action the public would expect us when you call the snitch hotline. But Mr. Penman said he would not be flouting the stringent lockdown lockdown rules imposed on Melbourne from Thursday. He said the rules on businesses that could stay open included household and ground maintenance and that his workers were essential to ensure the health and safety of Victorians stuck at home. You can't just be going out there and letting your ankles be touched by long grass. You could die. Massive impact on people's health and safety. Well, if nobody's going to come to my house and inject my brain with uh, some fluid that Jim found lying around in his garden shed then how am I going to keep getting my brain fluids? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> got to keep that brain wet. I'm not going to make them myself. Oh, Jim, do you have a nasal spray that I could use? <laughs> Perhaps make me smarter, uh, lead to, you know, the survival of my, my society? Oh, you do? Uh, so, Mr. Penman says that he was following advice from Victoria's Department of Health and Human Services and slammed Dictator Dan for apparently, quote, saying something which is against the advice of his own department. He continues, there's nothing really more safe than going out and mowing lawns. He might, <laughs> be, he might have a bit activities. of a point here. Not the way I do it. <laughs> oh, Jim hasn't seen enough movies. There's a lot of scary lawnmower There is a lot of scary movies. lawnmowers. I'm scared of the lawnmower. Yeah. I feel like I watched... Uh, Fun movie where somebody got murdered by a lawnmower recently. I wonder what it was. Yeah, I feel like I've seen one like that recently too. Lawnmower oh, man. It was the new. The it might be the lawnmower man. It was the it was the 2019 Child's Play reboot. Oh. Um, Chucky got somebody all tangled up in their Christmas lights on the outside of the house, which then started getting fed into a big lawnmower that was going, which helpfully had a big exposed blade on the front instead of the the regular circular one underneath. Um, so I think that probably helped Charlie. Sort of the uh, same style of lawnmower that yeah. in the film Point Break, uh, his head is almost forced into. Yes, yes, yep. exactly. Yep. Uh, this has been he... Lawnmower Killings Corner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Sort of very similar to the movie Brain Dead. Uh, what's the American? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the American version of Brain Dead? Dead Alive. Dead Alive from Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson, back when he uh, was interested in doing stuff. <laughs> when he was still allowed to have joy by studio executives. Yeah. And there was also, uh, I'm pretty sure someone gets killed by a lawnmower in Maximum Overdrive. Yes, Stephen... that's what I was watching. Maximum Overdrive. There God, go. what a film. <laughs> Stephen King's adaptation of his own short story, Trucks. Uh, it's got Emilio Estevez in it. And it's pretty good. A, a guy also gets killed by a Coke machine, um, oh, which fires cans of Coke at high velocity <laughs> at his balls and then his skull. One of the best movies I think I've ever seen. It's pretty good, right? Uh, soundtrack entirely by ACDC, including mm-hmm. like the score throughout the movie. Just because Stephen King likes him, you know? 
Uh, so I disagree with your with your thesis here, Jim Penman, that there's nothing safer than going out <laughs> and mowing a lawn. You've just been beaten with facts and logic, buddy. How does it <laughs> feel? That's right. Uh, he says, because you don't have to have contact with the public. We have electronic payments. You're not seeing people. You're not with people. You're not near people, he said. Our people can travel by car from one job to another. Well, that's fucking novel. <laughs> Is there anything they can't do? Yes. <laughs> Not like uh, not like all the other companies that take like their lawnmower and everything else on a bus. <laughs> oh man, uh, there's no reason for them to come within ten meters of any member of the public and what they're doing. So there's no lack of safety. Uh, on Wednesday, Mr. Andrews reiterated his view that Jim's mowing was not an essential service under <laughs> Melbourne's strict virus rules. They are not permitted workers, he said. Unless, of course, they are providing emergency work. Lawns are not getting mowed. People are not getting haircuts. We are all making sacrifices. Uh, you're not getting a haircut. Your house isn't getting a haircut. <laughs> do you think... Is your house getting a haircut or your garden getting a haircut? Do you think? Is well, the lawn the, the garden house's is the hair? hair of the house. So, the, gar- the garden is the hair of the house. So, your house is getting a haircut when you mow the lawn? Absolutely, yes. Okay. Just let it free. Fuck mowing the lawn. Society has progressed past the need for a lawn. Well, it makes me feel good to mow my lawn. I hope... Slippery Dan Andrews fronts the crowd with just a dog shit fucking haircut in like a couple <laughs> of weeks. Just shows the courage of his convictions by looking like absolute fucking shit. He starts to look worse and worse like um the news anchors in the Tim Burton's Batman when they don't know <laughs> when they don't know which products the poisons are in, you know? None of the anchors can use makeup or hair stuff. I hope that that's what Dan Andrews starts to look like very quickly. Um so, you know, according to Dictator Dan, getting your lawn mowed by somebody else is not an emergency service. It's hmm. probably not really. They should start putting some Ghostbuster-style sirens on top of the gym's mowing trailers. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get over there quick. Ah. Premier Andrews said it would become a matter for Victoria Police if any gym's mowing contractors breached public health rules. Well, libertarian gym versus big government. I think we all know who's going to win this. This is the battle for Australia's soul. Uh, Authoritarianism, represented by Victoria Police. Rugged individualism, uh, represented by (laughs) eugenicist. (laughs) That's really what it's all about. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for listening. It's Andrew here. To get access to this full bonus episode, along with all of our other bonus episodes every week, and to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash Vista and sign up for five US dollars a month. Bye. Yes, that is Jim Penman, a true doctor of the brain. As far as I know. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get into exactly what Jim is and isn't qualified to talk about when we delve a lot further into biohistory because he has he's clearly employed the services of like universities research labs uh professors and stuff and it really seems from looking at the book that they all had I would say a fairly limited scope as to what they were getting involved in (laughs) But I think the main thing was that Jim was funding some of it. Uh, as long as Jim is funding the research, he can 1,000% find people to get on board and say, yes, Jim, we will help you uh, develop your limitless style IQ-raising <laughs> nasal spray. 
Tony Paleone, a senior lecturer in behavioral neuroscience, says, I think basically Jim has a lot of ideas, and I, as a scientist, help to funnel those ideas into testable hypotheses. I'm something of a funnel. I'm sort of, sort of a funnel, of a funnel, funnel man. myself. Funnel and funnel-related services. <laughs> uh, Jim Penman has a lot of money, and as a researcher for hire, it is mm. my job to funnel that money. I, and I into- say, gimme, gimme. Yes. <laughs> I yes. have a PhD and a thing for online poker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Jim Penman is not the only shady, unqualified doctor around right, here. Right, here we go. If you find that you are having a little relationship trouble <laughs> Just pick up your telephone and dial it on the double You call one 317 Now you're paging Dr. Lucy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> paging Dr. Lucy. I took your feedback on board, Theo. Um, <laughs> the theme makes me feel two things. Um, yep. The first is that I am just, I'm very genuinely impressed that you are a very talented man who's very good at doing these things and I love it when you do them. The second is the, just the thought of you sitting at your desk in your boy hole uh, recording this. Yep. It's very funny. Like to doing, silence like a cappella. Doing your multiple vocal takes and be like, and now I'm doing the high one. Yeah, I gotta wait. I gotta wait for people to leave the house before I do shit like this. Like they can just hear out in the other room. We want five. <laughs> you know. Oh, your poor wife. <laughs> Take a few runs at it. Oh, she was very. She was very important to like the feedback process. Oh, everything. okay. I'm you sure know? she really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, because um, we were originally looking at like doing it together, B52 style. Oh, a bit nice. more of a, uh-huh. I like it. A Fred, Fred Schneider kind of thing. But that's where we landed. For Paging Dr. Lucy, a segment in which we look at relationship problems. And some of these are taken from uh, Reddit's relationships subreddit, where 100% of the posts are true. That's right. We know (laughs) it. (laughs) 100% of the posts are true and real, and that's what makes them fun to talk about. Uh, Here's one, which is a very American context. It sure is. One. Uh, 20-year-old female, my 38-year-old male fiancé... All right, there's your problem. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Makes excuses for us to leave when the bars go to 21 plus only. We've been together for two years and engaged for three months. Oh, no. Mm. Mm. Two years. Oh, no. Oh, 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 I didn't even even notice that part. Womp. Womp, You and your, this 18-year-old and her 36-year-old boyfriend. That's... It's perfectly legal. (laughs) It's perfectly legal. Oh, no. My pedophile fiance. (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, you absolutely nailed that one, Lucy. This dude has both of of his hands up, as he says to her parents. It's perfectly legal. Hey, you know how you can take your lifespan and then fit it again in my lifespan? Pretty cool. Awesome. This um so this this guy is pretty much my age, right? I um I was hanging out with a friend of mine recently and he was talking about um his his housemate has been in Tasmania for ages because he was there like for work or something when all of the sort of lockdown stuff hit. 
and he just had to stay there for ages. So it meant that my friend got his whole house to himself for like a couple of months while his friend was still paying rent, which was very nice for him. Nice. Jacking off in every room. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, night. So that's what it feels like to do a cum in the laundry. I always wondered. Yeah. <laughs> um, so never get friend... the chance again. <laughs> so, so his friend is back because I was like, oh yeah, how's it all going? He's like, yeah, my housemate's back, you know, and been hanging out with him and his girlfriend. He was like, it's fine. She's just very young, you know. Uh, and his girlfriend's like twenty, um, and I think I think we're all sort of the same age, and um, and this guy was like, yeah, you know, she's she's a perfectly nice person and everything. Uh, it's just I'm old enough to be a dad. Like what what the fuck do I have to talk to her about? And I thought about hmm, it and I went, do you like TikTok? And I was <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh no. I also am old enough to be this girl's dad. And in this context, this person who is 36 when they started dating and 38 now, which really has has some grooming connotations, I think we can probably all agree. Um, yeah, like I just, I can't even begin to picture dating someone where it's like you could have legally been an adult, got a lady pregnant had a baby and have a 20 year old daughter at your age it's fine like if that's what you really want but i just i can't even imagine dating someone like five years younger than me like when i meet people that are like 21 i they're a different they're in a different world i don't understand any of what's going on in there oh man i i did a bar shift last night and they're like there's people coming in to drink that are like 19 or 20 which is Perfectly legal. Perfectly legal. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm only fucking thirty, right? I'm what, like nine, ten years older than them, and they are fucking alien to me. I'm just staring at these people like it's not right. You shouldn't be here. <laughs> you should be playing Sega Nintendo. You should be doing <laughs> something else. You're so mm-hmm. little. Don't. What are you fucking doing? This is the adult world for grown-ups. It's fucking. I can't imagine dating someone like that. Like, surely, if you had even like a shred of conscience, your brain would just be like. This is a gross abuse of power. And also, it sucks. What the fuck are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? Just like, yeah, that's... I don't know. Would you like to see a classic movie from before you were born? Like Flubber? Oh, man. <laughs> so, this story's going to go well, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, usually, my age isn't a problem. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> since my parents like him and his parents like me. His parents look like fucking Donald Trump's dad, both of them. <laughs> His parents, his, his parents look like the Nazis from um, from Raiders of the Lost Ark after <laughs> they've been melted. <laughs> the problem comes when we go out with his friends from the law firm. Mm, the place we live in, <laughs> the place we live in, allows underage people in bars as long as they are serving food. At 10 p.m., when the kitchen closes, they card everyone, and it's 21 plus only. There's a normal Tuesday night drink thing he and his partners and their significant others do. I don't drink, but I like going. Well, you're legally not allowed to in the bar you're in, mm-hmm. which is which is also dumb. Like, also, I think, a whole other thing. It's very silly weird. country. Still think very strange to me. Go, goes without saying that we all think it's very stupid that you can live in a country where you are allowed to buy a gun, join the army and kill someone and vote, but you can't buy a beer. Yeah. Very, very silly. Um, the first few times, oh, sorry. So, yeah, 
She doesn't drink. She likes kind of this thing. The first few times it happened, I thought he was being truthful when he would say at like 9.30pm that he had an early meeting or some sort of excuse. When it became a pattern, I asked him about it and he said he was being truthful. I asked him if they knew how old I was and he said that he'd told them that I was in my late 20s because he didn't know how they'd react. <laughs> Did he maybe suspect that they would react negatively? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It could be very, very good. Either way, I just don't want to tell him. Yeah. Maybe it'll be too good, you know? It'll be a big problem for me. To be fair to him, he does have a Wednesday meeting early with a long-time client. I brushed it off as something we could deal with, but now we're engaged and he's doing the same thing. I waited until we were in the car yesterday before I went redhead on him. Don't know what that means. Huh? Hmm. What do you mean by that? I went, <laughs> I went redhead on him. I went redhead on him. Sure, it's probably some American bullshit. She like surprise dyed her hair red. <laughs> Bam! Surprise! <laughs> gotcha. Surprise. I've got red hair now. <laughs> Pulled off my wig in the car and went redhead mode on him. Um, I told him he had to tell them how old I was. He said it would be a deal that when he got his next job, which he's currently pursuing, it would be different. Mm-hmm. He's when never he goes not to in- work for the uh, child bride factory. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got a child um, bride? Because it'd be weird if you if you don't. When I get my new job as the social media guy for the Libertarian Party, I will tell everyone at work. <laughs> They'll all say, well, it's perfectly legal. It is. He's never not introduced me to anyone as his girlfriend or fiance, but he won't acknowledge the fact that I'm 20. The plan is for him to get a job in another city where we will get mm. married and start our family. Hmm. Hmm. I, wo- I worry that the change of location won't cause him to own up to my age. I feel like I'm half a secret sometimes. Do I just blurt out my age at one of the nights out without making him feel like I'm disrespecting him? Can I in some way ensure this ends when we move? No. If part of the plan to make your relationship successful is moving to another city and starting a new life, it's probably something a bad is sign. happening. <laughs> something might be a little bit wrong. Something's a little off. If you need to go into witness protection uh, to keep this going, maybe just examine the circumstances. <laughs> I, it, like, the only thing I can take away from this is that the guy is basically trying to buy buy enough time that he can move somewhere new and then they can start going out there and she'll be over 21 by that point and, and they won't, won't have, have to leave say anymore. how old she is, yeah. Yeah. So, which, you know, pretty solid. Yeah, that's a solid idea. God, great. Good for you guys. It's perfectly legal. Enjoy your lives together. <laughs> yep. And then <laughs> he'll have a legal. He'll have a nice 65-year-old wife to change his nappies when he's 85. That's you know? right. No, wait, it's older than that. Isn't it? <laughs> yep. Oh jeez. When he's 90-something. So, what do, you, what do you think she should do, Lucy? How, how, does, she, how does she get him What's to acknowledge her age? Listen, I definitely dated men that were older than me when I was younger and didn't can, realize can we that ask, it was kind of weird. Can we ask what the maximum gap was? I think at one point it was like 10 years. It was like I was 21 and he was 31. And at the time, of course, I just thought I was, like, so mature. So mature <laughs> for your yeah. age. So interesting. And so, no, I was a fucking piece of shit idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, and now I realize that maybe that's uh, not ideal. And I'm sure it works for some people, depending on the context. But I feel like in this one, if you're hiding your girlfriend's age from your law firm partners. Consistently. <laughs> consistently. It might be something a little bit wrong there. Maybe you should just break it. 
Oh, and the whole started dating at 18 when he was 36. Is yeah, that's, fucked that's up. pretty fucked up. That is I mean, fucked that's probably up. like the big fear there is that someone will crunch the numbers, right? They'll be like, oh, yeah. 20, that's pretty oh, good. Haven't oh, you guys yeah. been together? Jesus Christ. Yeah. We've been going on these nights out for two years now, and you're how old? Tw- 20, 20 years old? Name yeah. one Beatles song. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> My um my neighbors have kids uh, who are like late late teens. I think they're like all sort of m- mid teens to early twenties kind of thing, and like th- there's one of them who's who's around I think eighteen or so, and she is a child to me. She's the neighbors' kids who live over there. Just the fucking concept of going, I can swing this. Right. It's like once you're older, you're like that is a child to me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yes, I'm a fucking 36-year-old partner at a law firm. I reckon I can pull this off. I will merely not tell anyone about the teenager that I'm dating. It is a big yikes. Also, how are you dating someone you can't go to a bar with? Like, how does your relationship work? What are you doing with your evenings? <laughs> but, I mean, that's even worse is the fact that they are going to the bar. She's just, like, sitting there being She's like... She's not drinking? Can't wait till I'm old enough to do this properly. Yeah, that really drives home her age, too. Like, when you literally can't even, like, have a glass of wine with her. Like, surely that's going to make you question something in your brain. Yeah, I'm the adult she's being accompanied by tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Like, one of the partners, like, offering to get around and him just, like, cutting in saying, she'll have a lemon lime bitters before she ever gets a chance to answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She doesn't even like the taste of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all I can say is that one's going to go well. Give it a year. I'm sure it's everything's oh, going to be great. <laughs> in a whole new city. Here's another one. Uh, uh, 33-year-old female. I've been paying my best friend, 32-year-old female, to tutor my son. Here's the letter. For the last couple of months, I've been paying my best friend to tutor my son during the summer since there were no summer programs available due to dun, 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 COVID-19. What? She's... Uh, what? <laughs> Haven't heard of it. A foreboding COVID-19. Uh, she is a professional tutor who does this for a living, and I was paying her $75 an hour twice a week. Mm-hmm. The first day went really well. I had really good feedback from both her and my son, and I was happy with my decision to hire her, so I backed off and let her do her thing. It wasn't until recently my son asked me why she comes over, and I told him that she comes over to tutor since he couldn't go to summer school this year. He said, all she does is tell me to read one of the kitty books I've already read while she plays on her phone the whole time. I was shocked to hear this, so I checked the doggy monitor... Which doubles as a security camera. No, nope. I'm a. Okay. Do we do we think this is a? I'm I'm trying to picture what this could be. Is this like a camera that's set up to see when what the dog's doing? Yeah, when people you're not have home? these cameras yeah. that see what their dogs are doing, and it's like funny internet content. But there's no reason to have it on in the room while or, your friend is tutoring your son, unless you're suspicious. So nobody thinks it could be like a cybernetic camera in the dog's eye. <laughs> <laughs> That would be Nobody. cool. Mm. Does double do as now. a security camera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when my dog looked at the intruder and barked at them, I got crisp, clear HD footage to show the police. It's oh, no. just like oh, making no. All little I can... zooming noises. <laughs> <laughs> Swift. All I've got on the camera barking? is a dog's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it appears to be its own. Incredible. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so I, I pulled the HD capture card out of my dog and checked out the footage. And sure enough, she was on her phone the whole time and not even talking to him. <laughs> so rough. <laughs> I feel betrayed by this, oddly enough. And I feel like I've been ripped off. Hmm. Also very strange. 
she has helped me get through some really tough times in the past, so I do value her friendship, but I'm really upset by this, and I feel like I was taken advantage of. I, th- I think that's kind of valid, to be honest. It's definitely valid. I think there's a lot going on here. Firstly, I don't think you're, you just happened to have her on your doggy monitor. Like, yeah, you were looking. so awful. You were straight up looking for what's going on. Secondly, you're yeah, you're peeping. And uh, I don't know, the fact that she's charging you full price for tutoring your son, I feel like maybe your friendship's not that great and maybe you're not actually best friends and maybe she doesn't like you. Maybe <laughs> you don't like each other, you know? I feel like there's a lot more going on in this friendship. This isn't normal. <laughs> Uh, I told her I need to put the tutoring on hold, but I didn't explain why, coward. But she's constantly trying to convince me to keep doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to hire a different tutor, but I'm worried she'll find out, and I'm torn whether or not to tell her why I stopped her tutoring. Uh, So what is the solution to your friend scamming you out of $150 a week by sitting on the phone, sitting on the couch and looking at her phone instead of tutoring your son? I think you have to respect it. It's it's somewhat kink shit. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's got to go, damn, you got me. Damn, you, you really got me. got me there. Yeah. It's a prank of the century is taking <laughs> a few grand from me. <laughs> Classic um, pranks. I don't know why this person can't say, like, I, this, this comes across to me as, like, the woman not knowing how to say, hey, I watched footage on my hidden camera mm. that mm. I took of you not doing anything. I checked the toilet cam, and I don't think you're doing a great <laughs> job, to be honest. It's really hurtful. <laughs> yeah, I can just see out of the corner of the frame you not doing anything in the other Also, room. I'm sure she's exaggerating. I'm sure it was like she was on her phone a couple of times or something. That's the vibe I'm getting from this. Well, so the the thing that prompted this in the first place was her talking to her son who said, yeah, she doesn't do shit. We don't actually do lessons or anything. Well, you know? kids lie. That's rule number one. Oh, oh, they straight up lie. Kids are huge liars. Kids love fibs. They do. <laughs> Fibbing little motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so I don't know why she couldn't just say, hey, my, my kid keeps saying, I don't know what the point is in this because we don't do any tutoring. Can you take me through what you're doing? Can I see some kind of results from it or whatever? It, it's definitely like a nice way to broach it, to be like, hey, little... Little Timmy doesn't feel like he's he's really getting anything out of it. What sort of stuff are you doing? Run me through the old curriculum here. Mm. Yeah. There's a way to do it where you're not an asshole. But Without yeah, your hidden fucking, camera that you've definitely set up for this specifically. You can't <laughs> mention the hidden camera. And the fact that you can't mention the hidden camera probably means you shouldn't have a hidden camera probably. on your friend. That's so fucking gross. It's, it's so pretty gross. fucked up. I don't like that at all. Awful. So Anyways, um, you're both terrible. You don't need to spy on your dog either. Your dog is napping. No, no just let it live. Ninety-five percent of the day, just the dog, dog is stuff. sleeping. Yeah. If you come home and your favorite pair of shoes have been chewed up, it's probably the dog. I don't it, know like, if you need the footage. Who else would it have been? What do you need to see? It's all for the content. It's all for the gram. That's what I think. You open one time, gram. your dog does a a funny thing, and then it gets three billion views in a week, and then viral hog. Pays you one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> for the video, and then you and can earns quit your a thousand job. million dollars from that same video. <laughs> yeah, hey, you remember to BuzzFeed. Speaking of viral hog, <laughs> Pete went about your penis. <laughs> remember a while ago we were talking about a a press release from a press release from the company that also has like the the fail army thing. Uh huh. Um, and it was like. Hey, we've made a deal with all of the places in Australia that um, have like those stupid digital jukebox things in pubs and gyms and stuff. Oh yeah, and mm. it's gonna have like fail army fail and shit TV. on it. Oh wow! 
Um, so, so you guys know I'm big into I'm big into Plex. Um, I have a I have a Plex library that I do all my stuff with, and they recently added a feature which is a whole bunch of live streaming TV channels. This is not a paid endorsement for Plex, but it's fucking awesome. They have a 24 hour alien documentaries channel on there. It is fucking sick. Yeah, and so that's the thing. They they have they they've put on all these channels, and I assume that basically what's happened is that they have made some kind of deal with whoever licenses these things, including whoever licenses the Fail Army channel, because there is a 24-hour-a-day Fail Army channel on my TV now. Oh, I have, God. like, sort of gone all the way around on Fail compilations of just being like, this is the tackiest, dumbest shit in the world, and then I will have one nineteenth of a joint and watch a Fail video and just have the time of my oh, life. so good. We just watch TikToks of, of, like, people dying inside all day long, and it's pretty <laughs> oh good. Oh, my God. There's... <laughs> Uh, ben, there's a there's a channel on there that's like nothing but game shows. Oh, yeah, that's the good so, shit. Mm. So this is the thing. Like me, me and Elna were watching a bunch of this stuff, and she was like, "I feel like this has given me this whole perspective into like the American watching cable experience." Oh, because, there actually being stuff on TV, a foreign experience to the Australian. Yeah, but also like in Australia, I think most people, particularly people our age growing up, would have had like. Free-to-air TV channels, and there's, you know, however many of them there were at the time. There were like five, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we have to explain to to our kids and stuff, if you liked a show, you have to wait until Thursday at 7.30pm when it was on, and then be in the house and watch Mm -hmm. it. Um, 9.30pm, Thursday, Stargate, bam. That was me. Had your paper TV guide. Oh, so good. You'd circle stuff in it. And so there were, we never had Foxtel growing up. So Foxtel, for any non-Australian listeners, is the Fox-owned, basically like satellite TV cable equivalent kind of thing in Australia. Um, so it had a whole bunch of channels and it was, it was always very exciting when you were a kid. If you, could, if you like went to somebody else's house and they had Foxtel. Or like and you staying were like, at a hotel that had like five oh, yeah. channels or whatever was like me watching the Discovery Channel just being like, holy shit, people can watch this all the time. This is wild. You would always be at your friend's house that had Foxtel. It's the dream. Yeah, so so I, that was always very exciting. And I don't know if anyone had the same experience of, as me of like moving out of home and then getting Foxtel at some point or moving in with someone who had Foxtel. And when it's actually on all the time, you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is dog shit. <laughs> like it's the same two hour blocks of stuff played over oh, and over again. Oh, it's just the again. same shit all day long, yeah. And 40% of it is commercials for stuff on that channel. Or whatever. Um, whereas this stuff is like, this stuff is insanely specific. There's a whole channel. It's just the boat channel. <laughs> it's just, it's just like stuff about different boats. Oh, awesome. it's so good. It's so great. There, there's um, a whole bunch of channels that are just music videos, which is actually cool. Like, it's it's hard on YouTube to just say, just play me like three hours of music videos. In a particular genre, yeah. it, it tries to sort of auto playlist the thing, and it it goes off in its own direction. There is an entire channel of just yacht rock music videos on this thing, and it fucking rules. But we were watching game shows, and we watched a game show called Cram. And so, in this game show, what they do is make people memorize a whole bunch of specific information, like they're studying for a test, and they then. Quiz them about this in particularly stressful environments. <laughs> but, but what I didn't realize until like halfway through the episode, right, is 
because they're doing stuff while getting quizzed, like running on a gigantic treadmill or like throwing playing cards through like targets, you know, six feet away. I was like, these motherfuckers know how to throw playing cards? What's that all about? But that's one of the things you have to learn. So they teach you how to do stuff like throw playing cards or balance on a weird little teeter-totter. And they also make you like remember... You know, they'll they'll make you memorize like a list of 40 famous couples from old sitcoms and stuff like that. And then they quiz you about it while you're doing the card throwing stuff. But when they teach you all of this stuff is in the preceding 24 hours during which they keep you up the entire <laughs> night. Oh, no. <laughs> Shit. So, so you basically sign on to this thing. You stay up all of the prior night memorizing a whole bunch of facts and information and learning weird skills that you have to perform on demand on the show while being quizzed about the stuff you're supposed to remember. That rules. Every game show should be something indistinguishable from MKUltra. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So, Got to be like unsealed CIA documents should be the formulation of how you should make entertainment. Germans, <laughs> like, getting this, inf- stealing this information. Then they made them run on a treadmill. <laughs> And then the final segment of this thing, right? After you've done all of this really stressful thing. They been kill a- you with a gun. You've, you've been awake all night. No, 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 no. They get these two really big comfy beds. And both of the Aww. contestants lie down in a big comfy bed with an eye mask on and they dim the lights. And then a lady sits there in between them with a book and reads a bunch of information out. But like in a really soothing voice. She just she just sits there going, the blue whale is capable of retaining oxygen for up to two weeks. And they do this for like five minutes in like this dim room with, you know, lying in a really comfy bed. And then at the end of that time, they turn on all the lights and blast like air raid sirens. Oh, my God. <laughs> and make you come over and do something stressful while they ask you to remember all the stuff that this lady just gently whispered to you while you possibly fell asleep. This is psychotic. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds amazing. so healthy. I can't wait to watch that. It was so good. Check out Cram. I would Please also love to Cram. just watch someone get waterboarded, you know? It's <laughs> entertainment to me. <laughs> That's waterboarding. Newest <laughs> oh. game show. That is just a little taste of waterboarding. I recommend it highly. Now, before we run out of time, we're going to have to get in one more new segment. And Ben's given me something here that I have not listened to at all. Fantastic. It is a, it is a stinger for this new segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, I got Thank myself. Thank you, Ben, for this stinger to Bean to Bar. That's right. Bean to Bar. Uh, would you like yeah. to explain this for us, Ben? I would love to. So this is a segment uh, inspired by a friend of the show, Valerie, who in episode 157, Italian Dunma, sent in a practice question from the Pennsylvania bar exam. Uh, for for us to do, sight unseen. And I thought, uh, what's more fun than passing the Pennsylvania bar exam uh, is passing all of them. Yeah. Uh, so the format of this is I provide for you a sample question from a state's bar exam, uh, and then you answer it correctly. Are you Done. prepared to do that? Yes. Done. Using our extensive uh, cross-jurisdiction legal knowledge, I think this is going to be fine. 
Uh, this is the preamble here. Get ready, because there's a lot of information. I'm going to need you to memorize this. Okay. Uh, cram style, almost. Oh. Here we go. So, from the February 2020 New York State Bar Exam. A man and a woman were waiting in line at a public park for tickets to attend an outdoor performance of a play. They soon began arguing about sports, and as their conversation became more animated, the man began shouting at the woman and poking her shoulder with his finger. As the man poked harder and harder, the woman responded by punching the man in the nose. The woman was arrested at the scene and charged with battery. What? A trial? <laughs> the prosecutor intends to elicit the following testimony from an eyewitness who was standing in the line. Before the man arrived, I saw the woman talking to a friend. The friend said to the woman, you and I have waited so long for these tickets. If anyone annoys us today, they will not be seeing this play. They'll be going to the hospital. Oh boy. The woman nodded her head and gave the friend a thumbs up signal. I recognize the woman. I live in her neighborhood and I probably see her at least twice a week. Every time I see her, she is arguing with people, acting out and generally causing problems. Now, assuming that the eyewitness is permitted to testify for the prosecution... Defense plan. Uh, defense counsel plans to one cross-examine the eyewitness about her five-year-old conviction for shoplifting, a crime punishable by a maximum sentence of six months in jail, and two cross-examine the eyewitness about a letter recently written by the eyewitness to the man saying, "Thanks for ten years of a great friendship." Uh huh. The jurisdiction rules. Uh, the jurisdiction's rules governing crimes and affirmative defenses follow common law principles. The evidence rules of the jurisdiction are identical to the federal rules of evidence. The woman's friend is unavailable and will not testify at trial. Assuming that the prosecution proves the elements of battery, can the woman establish a common law affirmative defense based on these facts? Explain. I know this isn't a multiple choice one. Nope. I mean, I think she definitely has some self-defense defense, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Based on the fact that he physically provoked her first, and I don't feel like the um, the the cross examination issues about the letter about friendship and stuff will come into play. What a Surely. lovely letter to write to someone! Yeah, I'm that's. Just write that, I would letter. love to receive that letter. Just <laughs> thanks for ten years of a great friendship. I won't even click yes on the Facebook things. They're like, hey, would you like to auto-post 10 years of friendship with uh, literally your best friend? <laughs> I'm just looking, I'm like immediately looking for the X button to <laughs> move it off. Like, absolutely not. No, that would be embarrassing. I'm not going to gush about this. I mean, I hope she has a good lawyer, but I think she probably has some kind of defense in that scenario. But anyone else? I, I think that he assaulted her before this even began. So right. I- so she has a self-defense claim. Thea? I don't understand the question. And I'm not sure whether me making a response to this will also put me in legal danger. It might. It might. It okay. Will. It will. I'm getting the sense that these bar questions have a lot of like irrelevant information that yeah. are not really important yeah. to what the actual defense would be. I think you are meant to weed that sort of shit out. There's a lot in here. There's a lot going on. So we're going to say the woman can establish a common law affirmative defense based on these facts. Yes. All right, let's let's read the answer here. At common law, the defense of self-defense will act as justification what would otherwise for what would otherwise be an offense if the defendant reasonably believes force is necessary to protect herself from physical harm by the victim. Defense is usually not available to one who is an initial aggressor in an interaction. In this case, the man and woman had been arguing about sports when the man started poking his finger at her shoulder. Although the parties were previously exchanging words, this was the first use of force in the interaction, so the woman probably wouldn't be considered the initial aggressor. Mm. 
Yeah, he started it. He started it. The woman may have reasonably believed that some force was necessary to prevent the man from continuing to poke her, quote, harder and harder, although it's unclear if a punch in the face was necessary. That said, it may be reasonable non-deadly force depending on how hard the man was poking her. Also will matter whether or not the woman actually sincerely believed such force was necessary, though the facts do not indicate her motives. She also facts don't likely... care about her feelings, I think we could say. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying to say. <laughs> yeah. She also likely has no duty to retreat under the common law, as noted above. Thus, the woman has a potentially meritorious defense of self-defense, assuming the punch was reasonable force to prevent herself from being continually poked by the man. Congratulations, yes. you just passed, passed the bar exam in a second <laughs> state. I'm, I'm going to be like um, Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can, you know? Just going around passing the bar exam for shits and giggles. <laughs> Wait, was and it, as, did he actually pass? I thought the whole thing was that he was just faking all those credentials. No, at the end of the... At, I think at the end of the movie, because he he uh, pretends to be a doctor, he winds up like running an emergency room, he uh, passes himself off as an airline pilot, uh, to to hitch rides on lots of planes. Never seen it. Sounds good. <laughs> and he becomes a oh, it's the it's the ultimate scams rock movie. Scams rock. Jesus fucking Christ. It's the official scams rock podcast. Yeah. Um. He. But but at the at the end of the movie, because uh, Tom Hanks's character, an FBI agent, has been pursuing him for years, and says, you know, I got to know how did you pass the the bar exam in whatever southern state it was. Uh, and he says, I oh, just studied for it. Oh. And he just went and passed it. Yeah, well, you guys are clearly smarter than him because you just guessed. Congratulations. We're all lawyers now. And I think you just keep doing that. And also, Bunch of guesses in a row. Don't you have a law degree, Lucy? I have almost a law master's that I just never finished because I didn't really want to. So <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunch of useful information that... I will never use, apart from for this, so I really appreciate it. But great. That's why this is going to be a recurring theme. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know what else you guys studied, but I will not be catering to that. <laughs> this is this is what kills me about Frank Abagnale. Is, uh, he became one of the most notorious <laughs> imposters, claiming to have assumed no fewer than eight identities, including an airline pilot, a physician, a US Bureau of Prisons agent, and a lawyer, and escaped from police custody twice, one from a taxiing airliner and once from a U.S. federal penitentiary, all before turning 22. Oh, God, I've done nothing with my life. Yeah, listen, we've all, we've all achieved things. He was like passing himself off as a pilot when he was like 17. <laughs> I could Which... not like pass myself off as an like, adult in society at 17, let alone as like, a competent <laughs> yeah. pilot. So good. Anyway, uh, this is... In the recommendation for the Steven Spielberg film, Catch Me If You Can. Sure. Catch, Catch it if it you can. Today. Yeah. Oh. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> Pipped at the post. <laughs> well, I think that's it for us. Uh, thanks for coming along on this wonderful journey that we call podcasting. <laughs> this is, I'm still trying to explain what it is that's <laughs> happening. It's like a radio show. Um, yep. But it's on the internet. Uh, it gets downloaded to your device, whatever it may be. You are possibly listening to it in a browser window, which we don't endorse. No, wild no. thing to be doing. You don't have to do this. You yeah, should be listening can't. to this on a bus or in a car, or maybe going for a walk, or cleaning your house. Those are the four ways you can listen to a podcast. Mm. Yeah, I like listening to a podcast while I do the dishes. Oh, and, that's um, mm, and make dinner. That's the perfect. Yeah, absolutely, that's the perfect podcast. Yeah. I specifically listen to uh, "No Such Thing as a Fish" while I do the dishes or cook. 
Just well, a, it just sounds crazy. Great podcast for that one. Wonderful. Well, uh, so yeah, that's our recommendation for ways to listen to the show, which is finishing right now. So maybe just rewind it back to the start. Take yourself into the kitchen. Start getting the coffee ready. Do some dishes. Take a walk and then do the dishes. You know, whatever it is that suits you. Anyway, that's all for us. And we will see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.